Welcome to the Bay Harbor Brothers podcast, where two brothers who live nowhere near the Bay break down episodes of the Showtime hit series, Dexter. I'm your host, Mike, here as always with my co-host and brother, Josh. How's it going today? It's going pretty well. We had just uh, had Valentine's Day, um, so that was nice. We are still kind of in the middle of winter, a little bit of bad weather, but we're chugging along here. It was cool to see uh, this episode. I thought um, they were back on track here. I have a lot of really good things to say about it. But before that, kind of wanted to talk about uh, up front, the, um, a little content warning. Uh, we'll, they'll be, we'll be talking about uh, drug addiction. So that's just something that, um, you know, if you, if you don't want to listen to, and, and, you know, we've kind of had some content warnings in the past. Pretty much every episode needs one. <laughs> so yes. There's something going on. But it also, that being said, uh, not to make light of addiction in any way, shape, or form, because I can't imagine the people that are struggling with it every day. But I am finding myself with an addiction to uh, tablets and technology. I have too many in my life. currently have... Two, three tablets and an iPad, and <laughs> good lord, they're all for work. And I, I can't not look at screens, and I don't know what to do with myself. Oh my god! And you're looking at one right now, I think. I'm looking at two. You're looking at two different screens as we talk about your addiction to screens. But it's not just me. It's not. This addicted. is a, an epidemic. We're all addicted to screens. We are. My da- my daughter is addicted to screens, and I don't see how we like come out of this on the other side. Unless we just we- start over, you know, and we, as a society, eliminate all screens, get rid of everything, and just start from square one. Like parchment? Like, we, yeah, like we write everything <laughs> down with quills on, and, <laughs> on parchment. Let's just, you know, start over. Well, I, I guess think. caves were before parchment. Yeah, cave paintings. Uh-huh. Caves, caves, yeah. Nah. Yeah, we don't even have to talk. We can just paint what we feel on the walls of caves <laughs> and start there and see what happens with society. Just throw out all of our technology. Become cave yeah. people. Become cave people and just paint our emotions on the walls of our home. I mean, if there's ever a solution <laughs> to technology addiction, I think that may be the best one I've heard. So, yeah. I mean, it's the only one because I, and it's not that like, it's, it's not that I, I feel an addiction. It's just that I need the screen so much in my life that when I'm not looking at one, I feel like there's something missing and I need to get better at like ditching my phone when I don't need to be looking at screens, like spending time, not staring at a screen is really important for our mental health. Yeah. And I have not been doing a good job of it at all. It's a constant stream of new information that's available in the, at the snap of a finger. It is so easy and so tempting. I don't see us ever going back. I just don't mm-hmm. see anyone taking a step back from this. In fact, I feel like we're headed towards a, a time when screens are just going to be sort of embedded like in yep. our eyeballs, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> virtual reality life that's where we're headed 
it's a little depressing, but it, we're not there yet. So like maybe <laughs> maybe going back to the caves is still an option. <laughs> maybe we should write a letter, you know, a strongly worded letter to to go back to caveland. Yeah, I don't I think I think we're a little bit too far gone. And, <sighs> Damn uh, it. I mean, it does tie into this episode a little bit with with the whole <laughs> sort <laughs> no, of it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that we can tie cave paintings back to this episode. No, not um, cave paintings. But oh, just okay. the the addiction of uh, yes. screens in society is is it's something that like doesn't get. I mean, it does get talked about, but business runs on it. You know, personal yeah. connections run on it. The way you stay in touch with you know your family and your friends, and it's constant looking at, at a screen. And yeah, you know what I think the other epidemic is besides screens lying. Like, I just think it's so easy for people to lie nowadays. And there are so many lies, just like, especially mm -hmm. as a teacher, I see it every day. But, you know, people just not being upfront about anything because it's easier to hide behind your screens. So right. people aren't really showing their true selves in person. And it's like this facade and this this lifetime lie and I think that's something we can tie into this episode because oh wow yeah there is like this whole episode is just like everybody lying to everyone but they're not like buried in iPhones and tablets and I mean they had it but they didn't have it like we do so yeah it is easier to lie with all this like you know AI bullshit that they have going on and like oh, making yeah. and and just like making news stories that aren't news stories you know from both sides it's it's just like it's insane the amount of information that gets thrown your way. And, you know, we're all just kind of fumbling, trying to figure out what to believe and what to think. And I mean, the the AI news conferences that you just brought up is like absolutely insane. Like, do you do you see the like um, what's the coach of the Chiefs? Andy uh, Reid. Andy Reid. Yeah. There was like a full AI press conference about him talking about Kadarius Tony. And just being yeah. like, did you see that? Uh -huh. and he's, just, he's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as Kadarius is away from this team, like we're going to win. And it's all fake, but like. It's fake. It's not real. It yeah. seems so real. And that's kind of where we're headed as a society. We're on a it's dangerous, terrifying. it's a dangerous pre precipice of it's, like making false content and, yeah. you know, and infecting a large number of people. Yeah. And especially, especially with, you know, a big election year coming up, it's. It's scary. I don't I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, but we still got a couple months of like whatever sanity we have left, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, otherwise, I think we're going to be looking in Ontario, maybe Toronto, <laughs> um, maybe even Guatemala. Who knows? Well, yeah, I like hide. That's why I'm in the Midwest. I, like, I'm, I hide in this little bubble in the middle of the country and nobody yeah. really talks about it. where the government can't catch you. <laughs> <laughs> now they can get me, but nobody cares about Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That's true. Too many people nobody care cares. about New Jersey, so I, I can't hide it. Now that everyone's nice and depressed. Yes. <laughs> um, now that everyone's depressed, we're going to get into talking about a show about murdering people. <laughs> um, we're going to make you feel better. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, it, we'll, it only goes up from here. We'll um, flip this bitch. What'd you say? I said we'll flip this bitch. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. I, th I thought you were talking about a hamburger for a second. Oh, there's so many food references in this. So many food references. So this episode is called Season 2, Episode 3, An Inconvenient Lie. 
So we're going to basically find in this episode that some of the lies that Dexter had to sort of bury himself under are starting to like creep up to the surface. Um, and so he has to kind of figure out a way to navigate all these lies and like do it in a in a way that people aren't going to catch on to him. Um, I believe it was, was it this episode or last episode? Someone like Rita says like, you're not a good liar or something. So though I feel like that is this underlying driving force in this episode is how do I get better at lying to the people around me? I mean, I mean, Dexter's obviously like a very unique character and then mm-hmm. he has to. And then that's another main point of this episode is like, is it forced upon him? Is it something he chooses? Mm-hmm. Is it something that um, he's doing because he wants to help innocent people? There's a lot of really good content in here, a lot of good there material yep. and a lot of really good acting. I think that's really like for me, that's what made this episode so good yes. is the act, the acting. And yeah. like our main characters are getting really good, like uh, epiphany moments, really good character building. And they stop down to give them the time to do it. Whereas the first two episodes was kind of like a cluster and wrapping up season one. But I think this was a really good choice to just slow down, pump the brakes, and like make us care about you know these characters again, especially Dexter and Deb. Right, definitely. And and to go off of what you just said, I feel like the the little Chino chapter, right, and closing the door on Dexter is struggling, he's floundering, like closing that door and sort mm-hmm. of hitting the refresh button was what this season needed to do to find its footing you could argue that that only furthers your argument from last episode where you said that episode two should have been part of the pilot or part of episode one like a double episode so anything about the writers or um directors that are notable here yeah we've got uh tony goldwyn he's been he's He's directed a bunch yeah um I did a little bit of digging into the writing just because it's not really just Jeff Lindsay and James Manos. They, okay. There's obviously a writing writing team. Uh, a lot of them collaborated on the finale of season one. This specific episode was Melissa Rosenberg, mm. who was also responsible for uh, Love American Style and Father Knows Best from season one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool to, I mean, maybe we could look at the scores later. and But I had to kind of dig a little deeper because I thought the writing was so good. Mm. And and I thought they, they, they just gave Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter and even our side characters, they gave them really good material and they took it and ran. Yeah. So Agreed. great job, great writing, great. I mean, the directing was good. There wasn't a lot of action. Right. And for me, it was like the ones that don't have a lot of action I, I'm not always into, but man, the, the performances really carried this one. Yeah, a hundred percent. I this was night and day for me. Season mm-hmm. uh, episode three versus episode two. We're gonna open up here with Dexter at a Narcotics Anonymous meeting uh, because of the inconvenient lie that he told at the end of season of ep- end of episode two, where Rita catches him with the shoe. And he basically admits to her that he's an addict. But the the lie is that he's a heroin addict versus being addicted to killing. Um, killer addict. Right. <laughs> killer addict. So he's at this NA meeting. He is not feeling it at all. 
his whole life is a lie, like a hundred percent. But here it's like, he doesn't feel connection to any of this. He thinks it's all bullshit. And it is for him because he doesn't have an addiction to drugs. He's listening to this woman named Caroline talking about uh, taking pain pills. And the whole time he's just thinking about like, who am I going to murder next? I did notice a large homeless Yeti is standing behind him. <laughs> Let's bring it back to cave paintings because I think oh, that's where go. this guy came from. <laughs> See, we always tie it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, like a like a dirty old man just like <laughs> is standing he, behind him. He's a yeti. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure where that guy came from, but I did notice that too. And it prompts Dexter to like smell how bad he smells and get up to get donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was bad. Um, there was also a woman that turns to look at him and smiles. And this we'll is see, going... they see yeah we've seen the episode so it's Lila. Oh, okay. She's... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. She's got a name. It's Lila. <laughs> it's Lila. Um... She um she doesn't have any lines yet, but we're planting the seed here at the beginning. Yeah, she's looking good. You think? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. Right now. She's uh. Before she opens her mouth. Yeah. Very seduct seductress seductive. Yeah, she is a seductress. Very, very seductive. And, you know, she's uh, she's kind of checking out Dexter and he's checking mm-hmm. her out. And uh oh, so he go- he goes to hide behind the donuts and their heart is a rock. So uh, he's like, Dex- like, like Dexter, yeah. <laughs> just like Dexter, who has a raging boner during this NA meeting. <laughs> well, I mean, from seeing Lila. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right. OK. <laughs> So he puts a hard donut around his penis and leaves. Um, <laughs> he's like, here, Lila, just toss this real quick. See if you can land it. Um, <laughs> so I, I think be really that, hard to do. <laughs> you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Through pants. Yes. No, I mean, like, if you were, if you, like, didn't have your pants on and you just stood there with a giant boner and someone tried to throw donuts on your dong. <laughs> I think we just invented a new sports center game. <laughs> um, <laughs> someone call ESPN Ocho. So I'm trying to think of things. another food that would make more sense, but I don't. A bagel? Yeah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're not very endowed down there <laughs> that's true that's true i we are venturing into dangerous territory here um so you're the one who's who brought up donut dong and yeah. Then, yeah yeah it's it's a hundred percent my fault there's no other food that has like a big hole in the middle that i could think of that you could I throw mean, like a what, frisbee a throw frisbee at a dick like no, like I'm, I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm thinking like a giant boner and then yeah. people standing, throwing a disc, trying to like get the food onto the boner. But Right. Yeah. What if what <laughs> if it was like you, you yes. hollow out like a red pepper and then you know what I mean? And then you you try to like throw it and it like pops yeah. around. Yeah. You know, that, that might work. That might work. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, or like, um, or like ring rings from a pool. That yeah, but work. that's not food. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
this game is gonna <laughs> is gonna work. <laughs> so Dexter leaves the NA meeting with um a donut around his penis, and he heads home to Rita's house. She immediately asks about the meeting, and unfortunately, Dexter did not stay till the end of the meeting because he was so fed up with it. He stayed for probably four minutes, is my estimate. <laughs> And so she asks him to see a newcomer's chip. And he's like, oh, yeah, about that. Um, I didn't get one because I didn't stay till the very, very, very end. And he's like, I had important errands to run. And she turns to him and she's like, are we important, bitch? He's like, she, yeah, I don't really know. So yeah. all I know is that pissed. I did not want to stay at that meeting. <laughs> no. And she's pissed off that he's like not taking it seriously. And so he, you know, at the end of the scene, kind of wraps his arms around her and, and reassures her that he's going to go back tomorrow. He's going to stay till the end. All better. Problem solved. My uh, my issue is like I haven't been around, around a lot of meth heads or anything, but like I I've seen either. But I've seen like the people that you might suspect, you know, and Dexter just really does not come off as like <laughs> like a huge drug user. I mean, you could tell there's something off about him, but I would like there's no part of me that would think that would believe like, yeah, this guy's addicted to meth. He's way too like, oh, it's heroin. Like, oh, sorry, heroin. Yeah. Well, either still, one, either but, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's way too like controlled and like mm -hmm. his he's very he doesn't fly off the handle right. very easily, you know, except for like smashing Paul with a frying pan. That's the only like instance of him not being like this, like kind of like straight arrow kind of mm -hmm. you know I, it just wouldn't i don't know if if rita if i'm rita if i'm really buying into it but i guess it's really all she's got on him and i mean the other thing explain. though is that she's like seen him naked and there's no like needle yeah. holes right uh -huh. yeah and especially since she has experience with a former heroin right. addict it, he just does not come across a, as a as a druggie so but. do you think that she's blinded by like, like there's something off about him, but like this is the only yeah, there, explanation yeah, that could make sense? About, yeah, there's something off about him. It has to be this. This is yeah. you know, what she knows and being right. dodgy and disappearing in the middle of the night. It has to be this. Like what, a, you know, you're not going to suspect that he's a fucking serial killer. So this is the lie that he built for himself. So this mm -hmm. is the lie that he needs to follow through on. Did you clock how he puts his arm around Rita to like comfort her? I didn't. Okay. How do you do it? It's just some foreshadowing. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Just um, remember, whoever is watching out there, just remember like the way he he puts his arm around her. It's very foreshadowy. You guys got that? Good. Okay. They all nodded collectively. <laughs> okay. So we're going to cut now to Dexter at work. He gets into the elevator and Dokes is there. He's looking fly this morning he is he's he is his, he's real sharp he's got his sunglasses on in the elevator in the in the dark elevator as soon as the elevator doors open here it's chaos in miami metro there's tons of people there um and apparently all the like missing people that have from miami in the past i don't know <laughs> how many years uh, all their families of the missing people are here because there's a chance that those missing people are in hefty bags. Obviously, most of them are going to be a waste of time 
but there's a chance that some of these family members could get answers for their people they've been searching for. Yeah, I'm not sure about the ratio of people to bodies they found. I think they're at 18. I Yeah, don't they're know if at that 18. would, I don't know if that would trigger like a huge mob of everyone in Miami that's had someone go missing. But I mean, keep in I mind, guess, this I guess, is this is Miami Metro where they solve zero crimes. So that's true. That's true. Um, the only thing that happened with Dokes in the elevator was I think it's kind of funny how they both just accepted that Dokes is following Dexter all the time. Mm And, and and they're just like wide open about it. He says something about like nice dodge, like going through that yellow light. -hmm. And he's like, Oh yeah, thank you. Like their their casual conversation is just about how one of them's tailing the other one. Yeah. and they're yeah. But neither <laughs> yeah. of They're, them they're both. really seem to give a shit. Like Yeah, it's just no, they've both accepted it. Yep. there's this is the norm now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See you tonight. So in the in the chaos of Miami Metro sifting through families of missing people, Pas there's a Pascal is attacked by the media in a sense. Like she was like trying to walk out of the station and like the media just, you know, started questioning her and she does not handle it well at all. No. And she starts like I don't want to say like leaking things, but she's talking to the press before really running it by Lundy. And so he's not happy about that. And Angel actually has some comments, too, about Pascal. He mentions that she's caught in a cycle of reaction Oh my god. and that she's not co-creating her own reality. They really got to find something for Angel to do. <laughs> This is the third episode where he's talking. I can't He's imagine in outer space. this is this goes further than three, but He <laughs> can't eat. well, do you want to place a bet on what episode like the the angel garbage stops? Yeah, Do you think we it can, yeah? because Because I I don't really remember. don't know. I'm going to say that this is the last one. That's my guess. I'm gonna go for episode five. I'm Wow. gonna give him two more Okay. to Okay. like to have his head up his ass and talk about the universe and imagining your own truth and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You got five. I got three. So we'll see. We shall see what happens. I, I do you want to you want to place money on it? You want to bet? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, five How much? dollars. What? <laughs> five dollars. Oh, I thought you said okay. Five dollars deal. Okay. So if he says anything about cosmic in the next episode, I'm I still lose. good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm And Okay. Deal. all right, I maybe we'll maybe we'll double down for episode five. I, I really would like to know what being caught in a cycle of reaction means. Because when you stop to think about all of the outer space nonsense that's coming out of his mouth, I don't understand a word of it. No. She's not co-creating her own reality. What? It's, yeah, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it stinks because all the other characters get such good material in this yeah, episode. they just don't know what to do. And they're like, Angel Batista's line is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. You are not creating a reality on planet Jupiter. It's like, Yeah. okay, <laughs> yes, Angel. Good boy. Good boy. Go have a snack. And Dexter here says the thing that all of us are thinking. He says, you know, those words don't actually mean anything, right? <laughs> and so I wrote in my notes, thank you, Dexter. yeah thank you yeah but pretty much everyone <laughs> has told him that like you need to just stop talking like this yeah. this is fucking stupid And he still he still does it. Like no one has said anything good in response. no no Anyway, he does have a uh
he does have a red shirt and a dark dark brown light brown fedora fedora watch 2024 angel boltista angel boltista okay good that sounds like it matches nicely his red shirt actually gets called out in this one too oh yeah uh so while pascal is on tv masuka mentions how big her boobs look speaking of get, get getting good material for the side characters she does tell the press that there are 18 bodies now found um and then i don't know if you want to mention this but who makes an appearance in this episode oh my gosh it's fantastic <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing it's it's purred happily from parks and rec <laughs> Before he was purred happily, like way yep. before he was purred happily. Yep. But this think... man was born to be a fake <laughs> TV uh, reporter. TV field reporter. Yep. Oh, he's in the he's in a studio, I think, sometimes in Parks and Rec. But this isn't even the other. There's three. I can't remember what the other one is. There's three. Oh, there's another. There's show three. There's three shows where he is on uh, TV as a as a news reporter. All right, we got to look that up at some point. I can't remember what the other one is. I think it was closer to when Parks and Rec was on, maybe okay. like right before it. Okay. Like this man was just. He was born born to play this role. Yes. To play this role. Yeah, and I he's, really wanted him. I really he's wanted super him to serious just... in this. But what did you want him to say? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going to say. Go ahead. I'm purred happily, and I just realized I'm not holding my microphone. <laughs> I'm purred happily, and the story that we're going to talk about is this one. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, it I think that the Parks and Rec um, writers probably saw this episode of Dexter, and they were like, that's our guy. That's the guy. Just we need make him. him dumb. Yep, make him dumber. <laughs> that's our guy. Masuka also mentions here that there is a rumor that Esme's fiance is sleeping around. LaGuerta kind of clocks that and say and says, like, I don't think you should be talking about your boss like that. LaGuerta really has Pascal's back in this episode. Like I'll get, multiple I'll get times. more in, yeah. yeah, I'll get more into that later. Okay, because there's a lot of layers to that. Captain Crunch and Lundy show up and <sighs> they basically I, just I, yeah wow you just nailed both of those in <laughs> 0.2 seconds they basically commend miami metro and say like we're really proud of the of what you've been doing here we're like what what the what have they actually been doing i don't know but great <laughs> all job the other, all, all the other dudes are just putting body pieces on tables but yeah awesome job yes. good work everyone really good <laughs> quality work here and then Lundy announces his task force. Who makes it onto the task force? But Outer Space Angel, because apparently <laughs> Lundy has seen enough to, to add him to the task force. Let's bring the guy that lives in outer space. <laughs> Hopefully this will ground him. I don't know. And Memories. Memories is on the task force. What's his name? Pita Chips. No, what is it? <laughs> the only names I really heard were Officer Cook, Officer Lee... I think it's him. And Officer Panko. I think it's Panko. And and then Officer Breadcrumbs. <laughs> and then I and then he says something about Officer Linguini with clam sauce. Wow. All right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I do like the name Memories. I also like the name Panko. They're they're it's all good. He it's loves good. food. He's, He's just like gonna yeah. pick all the food people. 
Yeah, he likes food people. And then Deborah Morgan. Deborah Morgan is the last name. She's like, well, what? Yeah, she's like, me? What the fuck did I do? I suck at cop. Yeah, oh, I just cry. Probably eighty percent. Eighty percent of my life is is tears. <laughs> but thank you for including me. So Lundy, like, uh, first glance, this is a shitty team. Yeah, it's a bad team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you picked you picked the guy with the fedora who's talking about clenching the galaxy with your thoughts and <laughs> a cop that only cries, and then a bunch of food people. <laughs> This is it. This is the number one force. This is my task force. These and are the people get, I've selected. Yeah, you got like Dokes and LaGuerta who actually are yeah. are like do their job like that are decent-ish. not on the task force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like all yep. the worst people on my task force, please. Yes. Yep. Make me a sandwich. I don't know what that was. Lundy also says that the ice truck killer was an amateur compared to the Bay Harbor Butcher. And then Lundy has a line where he says, like, he's pissed about Pascal. Like, I don't remember who. I think he says it to the captain, right? Like, she should not go to the press without speaking to me first. So Pascal's already kind of, like, floundering here. And she's not doing well with the boss. I just Um, wish that they had, like, shown her do something. Good. Because, like, like, one thing. Yeah. Just to make a... just. Because the character doesn't work because she just hasn't done anything. Yeah. She 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 came in, she told him to like canvas the water looking for the ice truck killer. Yeah. And then it was right into this like boyfriend stuff. And yeah. that's all there is to her. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've not seen her do any kind of lieutenant work whatsoever. Yeah, one may argue that she's the worst at her job. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many cooks in the kitchen, no pun intended. Anyway, because you got Lundy, you got you got Esme, you got Crunch, Crunch, you got yeah, Laguerta. It's just yeah, Laguerta is still like kind of running the show for Esme, and yep, yeah. There's not gonna be too many cooks in my kitchen. No, but what Lundy wants to do right now is talk to all the people on his task force in a different location. So he says, "Follow me. We're gonna go to a different location." <laughs> He mentions that he's wearing a suit. And then he also mentions that Angel's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And he yeah. kind of like mocks him a little bit, right? Doesn't he call it ugly? He's like, whether it's a suit or a ugly Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and Angel looks at his shirt and he's like, blow, I wear these every day. Yeah. <laughs> I got this one on Mars. What? <laughs> I envisioned myself going to Mars and I picked up this shirt on the rocket ship. <laughs> that's that's exactly the dialogue that is exchanged here. <laughs> Lundy likes food. Lundy likes food. So he, he says we Lundy likes food. We need to ID the bodies. Like the, the point of this is that we are going to basically interview that whole crowd of people out there. A lot of them are going to be a waste of time, but the point is to ID the the hefty bag bodies so that we can find some sort of pattern because a pattern will give us more information and lead us to our killer. And of course, he does say, I'm going to make a lot of food references because, well, <laughs> I like food. I, I like food. food. I like food. I like food, dude. If you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't know, I like food and I, <laughs> and I like tea. But good food takes time. Good tea takes time. 
Good tea takes time. <laughs> Good food, that's a rhyme. Good food does rhyme. Good tea takes time. <laughs> he goes, you four, go talk to the people, get the interviews. The rest of you, let's get that omelet station set up. <laughs> I'm hungry. Good omelets take time. I like food. Dexter go goes to a car dealership. And also, I'm old. Yeah, I'm old and I like food. Dexter goes to a car dealership because he's researching uh, his new victim. Because when you are in the crosshairs of a murder investigation, you should just keep finding people to kill, right? But, yes, but he does say, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm just researching. Like, that's he knows all, now. That's not, what they all say, Dexter. That's what they all say. But another great, great appearance cameo here. Yeah. By yeah. the man, the myth. The the running legend, Duncan Meyer from Seinfeld. Yep. Who yeah, infamously he... <laughs> lost a, a race to Jerry in high school. And <laughs> yes, he did. Does not believe that he could have lost. Man. He kills it in this episode, too. He's great. He does. He is, um, great. He is great. So so what Dexter finds out here is that two women, I guess, have been killed. And. When Dexter tries to find the connection between between the women, both women had their credit checks run by this car salesman. The character's name is Roger Hicks. No, it's um, Duncan Meyer. Duncan Meyer. Duncan yeah. Toy Chest. No, that's someone different. <laughs> um, <laughs> two little birds. What did he give him? <laughs> yeah. Two doves, two, tur two, turtle, two doves. turtle doves from Duncan's toy chest. <laughs> Take one and give the other to an ugly old bird lady. <laughs> That's the best way to celebrate the holiday season. <laughs> so we just jumped from like show to show to movie to wow. Yeah. Well, when you say the word Duncan, <laughs> I think of toy chest. I think of donuts. <laughs> Okay, that's where we are. So I think of donut tossing onto a boner. Yeah. And it all connects. Oh my gosh. Full circle like a like a donut on a boner. I'd like my task force to line up while I get a boner and we're going to play a little ring toss. Yeah, toss these bagels onto my small cock, please. I am old, so it might take a little while. I do like food. I especially like food wrapped around my cock. <laughs> wow, it is early for us to be going this far <laughs> off the rails. Um, so the connection here is that... <laughs> Who's got a box of Krispy Kremes? <laughs> Deborah, you're up. <laughs> I love when a little Krispy Kreme gets on my penis hole. Angel, try not to get any sprinkles on my balls. <laughs> Don't worry, bro. Don't worry, I bro. Can... I got good aim with sprinkles. <laughs> I won't get it caught in your ball hair. <laughs> this is the end. This is it. This is it. We had a good run, I think, but... Uh... <laughs> We had a good run.
Uh, sprinkle pubes is where I draw the line, I think. <laughs> We're going to try to get the train back on the tracks here. Um, Dex Dexter, uh, you know, two, two women What is are happening? Dead. Nope, nothing is happening. Two women okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk myself back into it. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Dexter is doing some research on a new target. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay, yeah, so some do so... This dude has broken into two women's apartments and killed them, right? Right, because he um, ran ran credit checks. He ran credit checks for both of them. I'm calling him Duncan Meyer, but his real name is Roger Hicks. He is a minivan car salesman. Mm -hmm. And Dexter is there pretending to be interested in shopping for a minivan. Mm -hmm. Correct. Don't think about donuts. Don't think about... <laughs> Why would you even say that out I'm loud? Not, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. But the the other thing that Dexter's voiceover points out here that's important is that Roger Hicks doesn't actually sell cars to these women. He just runs right. credit checks and then sends them out to like uh -huh. a different dealership so that there's no trace back to him. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. What? It's awesome. No, I mean his. It's not awesome to do, but I'm saying. Oh, but like his, his strategy. Yeah. His strategy, like yeah. Right. So Dexter is here because he's looking to somehow grab DNA from Roger. So Roger's got some coffee cup and he approaches Dexter and tries to basically immediately start selling him on this minivan. Good coffee and takes time. I love that Roger, whose name is Duncan, is drinking coffee. That's that's a cool connection. It's all about donuts and coffee and Duncan. No, I can't. Today. I can't. Okay, well. I can't go back to that. Okay. <laughs> So Dexter is wants to grab the the coffee cup so he can get DNA. But then, Ro you know, Roger is such a good salesman because he's like, yeah, OK, my wife, I, my wife wanted this. So I have the same the same exact minivan at home and it's good for the kids. It's got tinted windows. It's got stow and go cargo space in the back. And Dexter is like or Roger is so good that Dexter's starting to actually like, <laughs> yeah, think about buying a minivan. He's like, um, yeah, you could. It's a great place for your crimes. You could yeah. just tinted windows and, cool. and you could put as many bodies as you want in the back. And it's cool because he this actually like comes back that he reads Dexter as like wanting to be a family man and wanting mm -hmm. that connection with somebody. Yep. So he doesn't try to sell him the flashy convertible. Mm -hmm. He sees him with the minivan and he's like this guy. He's, you know, on the verge of commitment or something going on, you know, like whether it's wife, girlfriend, but this is the life that he wants to lead. Yeah. And so the, these seeds are kind of planted in Dexter as well, which is right. which is pretty cool because it is pretty uh, cool. It's, it's all part of like this revelation he has at the end. So he ends up kind of getting, I don't know, he needed not duped, but he buys the minivan. He buys it. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. On the spot. I mean. I mean, it is good for what he does too, the body and stuff. But it is, yeah. But unfortunately, Roger throws his coffee cup in the garbage. So Dexter sees that Roger has a comb, and he snags that instead. So right. he buys the minivan, takes the comb, and drives to work. Laguerta pulls up next to him and like asks him about the mommy mobile, and he's almost like in shock, and he's like, "I don't even know why I have like." I don't know mm -hmm. why I bought this, Maria. It just happened. I love the title of this episode, An Inconvenient Lie, because mm -hmm. so many of the lies turn out to be convenient. This lie is convenient because it yeah. takes Dokes off his trail. He can't identify his car for one mm -hmm. night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're going to see another convenient lie coming uh -huh. up soon. Uh -huh. 
So Dexter in his lab discovers that the hair from Roger's comb is synthetic. Not so really. everything about this dude is fake, including his hair. He's got um, a toupee. Yeah, it's a it's a poupee. It's a toupee. Just like George Costanza. Just like George Costanza. It, yeah. In that scene where he pretends to not know Jerry mm. with Duncan Meyer. Wow. <laughs> it's, like my favorite, it's like my favorite scene in Seinfeld. George. Yeah. <laughs> George Costanza. Yeah, that is a good one. And he's like, is oh, you really went bald there. <laughs> <laughs> Masuka now comes up to Dexter, who is in his lab, and says, who is your daddy? To which yeah. Dexter replies, Harry Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to answer that. No, no, no clue. Um, he does ask, De- ask Dexter if he wants in on the Bay Harbor Witcher, and he says, you got to see the tent. And Dexter's interest, like, perks up immediately because he's like, oh, there's shit. There's a tent. Masuka is like, you got to say it. And Dexter says, you're my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And then Masuka's like, that sounds weird when you say it. (laughs) Yeah. Never mind. Don't say that again. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Is he happy about seeing the tent or is he like? I think part of him is like, get me the fuck away from this. I don't want to be on Lundy's radar at all. I don't want anything to do with it. And he yeah. kind of is like, Vince, like, you didn't need to do this. Like, I'm good in my own. Like, there's no, you know, you're the lead guy. And but know, I do, I do like, think there's, there's not part much of I can him. do with blood. Yeah, right. But I do think there's part of him that's like, let me see how far progressed they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With like putting the pieces together. So yeah. I, I think that it's mixed emotions here of like, terif- like terrified to see the tent. But also like, if I don't look, I'll never know. Meanwhile, Deborah is interviewing um, a missing person relative. She's not interviewing a missing person. That would be weird. Interviewing <laughs> a missing person relative. Angel could be interviewing a missing person. He always is. Yep. That's believable. That is. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking to an empty chair. Yeah. Hi, I'm Angel. Uh, your name? Mm-hmm. You're not no, co-creating you your own reality. <laughs> Angel, stop making up people that don't exist. You're talking to a chair. I so see this, them in my brain, bro. <laughs> this relative that Deborah is interviewing is talking about her husband. Um, and she's saying that she brought in like a toothbrush and is like, here, match this, use this and see if, you know, my husband is one of the people that are that were underwater. Um, but she does mention that her husband was like in and out of jail and had some trouble with with the law yeah um which is important she's like here's his picture and deb's like he looks nice yeah he has like seven eyes and like his face is made out of like (laughs) seven metal shears yeah that's what he looks like um i wrote i wrote down that his name is dangerous mcstevenson that's it yeah i caught that too Yeah, and this is his wife, Mrs. McStevenson. So Deborah approaches Lundy. She's she's not feeling it. She's not no, feeling she's, this task force. She's not into the task force. And she approaches him, and he's making tea, I think. Good tea takes time. And Deb is like, I don't want to do this anymore. Please take me off the task force. Like, I appreciate it, but, you know, I have, I'm buried in sort of a lot of other things, a lot of other cases that I'd like to focus on. And he's like, all right, can you just finish out the interviews for today? And then I will we'll talk again, like, 
at the end of the day or tomorrow morning or something. I've got an asabuco going. Good food takes time. Good food takes time. Yeah. So Masuka and Dex walk to the tent. It's an FBI field morgue. Are you okay? I'm just thinking about Lundy and donuts. I can't. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> We're all going to line up. So the, Dexter walks in and it's like his nightmare and dream kind of combined. His voiceover says like these bodies weren't meant to be put back together again. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's a crazy scene. It's a big visual of like body parts on different tables and numbered trays. It's like a giant sort of scavenger hunt and like putting puzzle pieces together. It almost looks like a survivor challenge a little bit. Um <laughs> On and my what, go, you're going to collect yeah. ankles. You're going <laughs> to... Survivor's ready. <laughs> go! <laughs> you're going to have to dig deep. <laughs> yam yam, go, grabbing an ankle. He places one. <laughs> floop de doo Winds of unity. <laughs> I thought and... that the table tents reminded me of like when you go to a restaurant and they give you a number. And then oh. it's like, ding! Number 11, I got your elbow here. Okay. Yeah, it could be that. I actually wrote down that it reminds me of like a bar mitzvah when you go to like the table and you you find your like number table. And oh, you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get to sit with two arms and an elbow, you know? Oh, hey, I'm the brain. I'm the I'm the skeleton face that goes with these arms. Hi, I'm Skelface. What are, what's your name? Hi, I'm I'm well, kneecap. <laughs> it, it's horrible it did answer my question from last time of like how are they putting all the bodies together and it's just on tables yeah and they're just gonna use tables i don't know how they do it they're like this skeleton looks like that arm sure yeah yep this torso is missing a rib so this rib goes here yeah i don't know i didn't it's... see any penises though so no, sure. because there's no bones and penises. <laughs> Unless someone's playing ring ding on Lundy's. Uh, yep, it all comes back <laughs> to ring ding penis toss. Hey, everybody, I've got a sweller. Now hand me a cruller. <laughs> How long has that been boiling? Last one, last one, last one. That's a good one, though. That was good. Good rhymes. <laughs> So De- Dexter leaves and he drives off in his mini tent. Nope. <laughs> what? <laughs> so like he, minivan. he has a t- he has a tent on wheels that he. <laughs> the I fuck that is part. going on in this episode? <laughs> we're like not know. even. It's really, it's really... It's a really good one too. It's a really good episode, and we're not even like 15 seconds into it, and we can't get through anything. So he takes his mini tent and leaves. He does say, like in a voiceover, Dokes is looking for my Taurus and he won't be able to find it. Especially now that I'm driving this tent. So he he dr- returns to the NA meeting with the intent of staying till the end so he can get that newcomer's chip. It's chip. Yeah. Um Bob Marley is talking. No, he's Bob. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, he Dexter's his Bob. Dexter is Bob, but Barb Barb Marley Barb is, Marley <laughs> Barb Marley is talking. He's talking about is his that a story. combination of Barbara Streisand and Bob Marley. Yes, mm-hmm. it's Barbara <laughs> Streisand like? just like smoking weed. 
and singing. I'm assuming, I think that there is some sort of like, I could be wrong, but are they in some sort of like school, like an elementary school or something or a church? Because Yeah, the gymnasium uh, I, or I yeah. noticed the Noah, Noah's Ark poster like behind him Yeah, as he's, they're probably yeah. they're probably in like a yeah, Okay. place of worship. Yes. So the same woman, Lila, is there and once again turns around and has this this exchange with Dexter. It looks like And she hasn't I, moved in 24 hours. Like she's she's been in the probably exact same slept spot. there. Yeah. 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 Same bra strap hanging off the arm. Come and get him, Bob. Yeah. You want these bra straps? They're all yours, Bobby. Bob Marley is done. And... Barb Molly is done. Then an another scruffy guy comes forward and says, we uh, calculate this by new by chips. So who wants <laughs> Calculate this. who wants Lay's and who wants Fritos? Um, Fritos aren't technically chips. Who wants Lay's and who wants Pringles? <laughs> there you go. There it is. So Dexter is like, okay, yeah, I, I would like a newcomer's chip, please. And then the guy is like, you have three minutes. Like, do you want to share? And then Bob Marley chimes in and says, go ahead, man. You're among friends. Want some pot? Dexter decides to share. And we hear Lila speak for the first time. And she says, what's your name? And... <laughs> And he's like, shut it, Hermione. It's my turn to talk. So he says Bob. <laughs> Um, everyone says Bob, including Homeless Yeti, including Bob Marley, yeah. um, including Scruffy McGriff. Uh, Dexter, you know, at this point kind of makes up some story about how he, you know, uses heroin and he almost died. And he it's all like a crock of shit for three minutes. Um, Yeah, he's still not feeling it. He just kind of yeah, going through the motions. he he tells them what they he thinks they want to hear. So he once again goes to the back of this room and he's going to get coffee. And Lila comes up to him and says, uh, the coffee here sucks. You got They a pretty go. good British accent. That's not bad. Oh, thank you very much. So they go next door to the diner, um, which is it's interesting that he decide, like, you know, agrees to go next door to the diner with some stranger. As soon as they sit down to, like, have some coffee, she goes ahead and asks him, like, so how full of shit are you? Basically. The whole point of this is that she can see through his bullshit because she sees something in him. Like she recognizes something in him that she has herself. And she starts going through this monologue, which was really powerful. Um, So good. I don't So like good. Lila very much, but this is a powerful. I did in this episode. Yeah, she was great Yeah. in this. And she basically says something along the lines of like, because he's being sort of like, he's evading the question and he's not answering. And uh, she's like, oh, so like, I couldn't understand. I couldn't possibly feel that need about voices whispering. This is who you are and how you fight the pressure to feed the need until it's screaming at you. And it's the only voice you hear. And it, she's basically describing like real life for He's Dexter. like, he's like, oh, that is exactly me. That's Bullshit. literally, yeah, that is me. Um, and then she says, you belong to that voice. You belong to this shadow self. <laughs> And then you belong to this. And then Dexter fills it in with Dark Passenger. And that's kind of where that idea sort of blossoms from. but I it think also it's. triggers like a, a red flag because he's like, if Lila can sense this, then everyone else at these meetings will probably able to.
be able to do it too. Right. Right. Yeah. She recognizes demons. He needs to get out. So he pays and he runs out. Oh, did he um, pay? Okay. I didn't I didn't see. He dropped some cash, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He dropped a dollar thirty-five for the coffee. For the, the coffee. Month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he he does conclude that the, the program is probably risky and Rita's just gonna have to like understand. He shows up there, he shows her the newcomer's chip, and she's excited and she's like, Yeah, I'm proud of you. And then he's like, he tries to convince her with a crock of shit again, saying that the meetings are not a good place for him because he like did studies and like you're, you're 10 times more likely to beat it if on your own than with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> NA meetings like help. Yeah. Yeah. With help. <laughs> and then so you're 10, 10, 10, 10 times more likely to kiss my ass. <laughs> yep. Here it is. Yeah. So she decides she kisses him and then throws him out. <laughs> yep. like, hey, um, go yep. to the meetings or we're, we're pretty much not yeah, yeah. this isn't a thing yeah. right we're done if you're not going to take this seriously so he returns home Deborah is watching TV instead of being on the treadmill and I kind of like this little moment that they had together where you know he she like opens the door for him and he she's like I thought you were staying at Rita's and he's like I'm taking the night off and then she and he's like, why aren't you on the treadmill? And she's like, I'm taking the night off. It was like a really nice like brother sister. Like, well, you have to put where Deb is in the episode and where Dexter is in the episode. And that's why it makes sense is because mm -hmm. she's second thinking, second guessing her abilities to, you know, be on this task force and what she went through. And and he's kind of at the crossroads, too. So, yeah, 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 yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool that they're sort of going through it together, but separately. That's what I mean. Um, That's what I loved about this episode. Yeah. Yes. So Dexter returns to the car dealer car dealership the next day to see Roger. He says that he want he's like rethinking some things and the the uh some shit. He wants a roof rack, some other stuff for the car. <laughs> Roger is like with a a new customer, so he's like, uh, yeah, you know, I could I'll set you up with someone. And Dexter's like, no, 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 I want to deal with you, so I'll just wait for you in your office. I'll just be creepy and stalk you and go in your office. Yeah, I'm going to go on to your boat office and just look at your things, your private look, look belongings. Your shit. Yeah. yeah. So he he goes into Roger's office. He grabs some old tissues um, as DNA. And then some woman comes up to him and uh, she's like, oh, Roger's got you in the box. Through this conversation, it comes out that like she's single and that uh roger has run a credit check on her and roger has sent her somewhere else so dexter has concluded here because there's a lot of back and forth that we don't necessarily need to need to go into but he's concluded here that this woman is the next target the next victim for roger it but was kind of funny that that uh she was it was blatant flirting but dexter so like in his own universe that he didn't think of it as flirting. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, so you're single? Do you have any pets? <laughs> She's yeah. like, uh, this is really weird if you're hitting on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like kind of into it, though. Like he's got like game and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why his he's got such good game because he's he's not trying. Clueless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the aloofness is a turn on. He knows that she is the next victim, right? Yes. Um, but in his voiceover, he does say something like, I can't go through with this until the manhunt for me ends. Yeah. But at the same time, if I don't do anything, she's going to die. 
So he's stuck in this sort of conundrum where Harry's code doesn't really have an answer for this gray area here. No, it, but then the, the whole like innocent life thing comes into play and yes. Yeah. Are you yeah. going to save somebody? Yeah. Yep. They have a really um, good shot of, uh, of what's his name? Roger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a really good close up of like Roger with like a bad guy face. Just like you, glare, like staring at the victim. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Dexter's like victims have that moment where they have a crosshair yep. look. Yeah. Yep. I remember it with copper pipes for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like be real, be real, be real. Then she walks away and it's like evil it's like, bad guy face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to murder that. I'm going to murder that human. Meanwhile, at the police station, not much is happening. Pascal is <laughs> Pascal's on the phone. This time, it's not about his phone records, but it's about her fiance's credit card bill. So she's tracking not only his phone, but also his credit, what he's spending his money on. Like, this is getting bad. So LaGuerta comes into Pascal's office and basically is like, like, do your job, maybe. She's so like, Pascal, on. yeah. <laughs> Pascal hangs up the phone. She's like, you're right. I've had my head up my asshole. <laughs> I um, think just ask, but yeah. oh, sorry. Yep, just ask. <laughs> that line plays really differently if she says "had my head up my asshole." <laughs> can, you, can you imagine that? And then she just like rolls everywhere. The... <laughs> oh. and Angel's hi everyone, like, what's I, going on in I here? I envision this happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Lundy picks her up and tosses her onto a dick. Um... <laughs> sorry. So she goes she goes over like a whole bunch of uh, things that are happening, like the Biscayne files and sure. another homicide. And she says something about uh, she says Sims and Hoagie are going to do the Biscayne. And then Lundy pops out of a plant and he's like, did somebody say Hoagie? Put him on my task force. <laughs> and then and then and then Patch Nash walks in. Yep. And as that soon as sense to you. <laughs> yes, I understood everything about that. Patch Snatch comes in and LaGuardia's like, she had just refocused Esme, right? And she's talking to Esme and she's like, all right, you really need to do your job. Here are the things that you missed while your head was yeah. in your asshole. I'm going to like she's fill like, you okay. in. Yeah. Number one, here we go. Uh, wait, never mind. Patch oh, Patch Snatch is here. <laughs> and Pascal immediately is like, okay, I don't care. Get out. And she's like closing the <laughs> blinds in her office. Like, this is horrible behavior. <laughs> Do something for work. Yeah. Hatch Snatch is mad. He walks into the office as LaGuardia is walking out of the office. And right. Pascal closes the door. That's this. This is going to be a problem. Dexter, uh, in the meantime, in his lab, ran DNA matches from Roger's tissue. Right. Mm -hmm. And it matches so yep. he is the killer. He's, he's the guy. Yep. He's the guy. He also calls Rita here, tells her that he's confused about why he was kicked out last night and what happened. And he's also like, uh, it's pizza night. Should I pick up some pizza? She's like, well, are you going to go to a meeting? And she's uh, she's like smoking a cigarette. She's not happy right now. And he's he asks her, he's like, is this it? Are we done? And she's like, that's up to you, Dexter. And then they hang up. It's it's cold. Yeah, and he's yeah. still not sure that he wants to go back to the meetings and it's risky. Is it it's like Rita or doing this 
these meetings where he might, you know, come out of his shell too much and expose who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, Deborah back at this. Oh, no, that we're still at the station. Deborah is interviewing a different woman um, who does not really speak English. um, And she's this woman is crying about Deborah finding her daughter. I don't know why I wrote Deborah doesn't speak English in my notes because she does. I'm assuming I meant Spanish. <laughs> Deborah doesn't. Um, Angel's she, not really speaking much English, but. No, funny. Angel's not speaking anything. <laughs> but so Deborah is like struggling with this conversation with this woman. And she kind of pleads for Angel to help because she doesn't understand. And the woman is just like kind of pleading with Deb, like, find my daughter. Like, you can do it. I know you can. And Deborah sort of has this meltdown and runs out. She finds Lundy in his little cave room. And I need to, I need to, I have a quick fedora watch. Sorry. <laughs> fedora watch 2024. I thought that he looked like pretty cool. He had, like, okay. A multicolored checkered shirt. Oh, like, a, yeah. like a chess, kind of like a chessboard. Nice. But like, um, like an Indiana Jones hat, like mm. fedora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a good, this is a good one. I like that he a lot. Was like a little, he was a little insulted by his like ugly Hawaiian shirt, so I think he really had to like dig deeper into the closet and find find like a really smashing. His um, feelings got hurt. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> Poor little angel boy. Yeah. No, he looks good. He looks real good. Deborah runs out of the room and she finds Lundy, and she says to him, she doesn't even say hi. Hey, um, she says. Hey. It's been 24 hours since I have asked to be replaced, and I'm wondering why that hasn't happened yet. He kind of keeps, like, you know, saying things that she doesn't want to hear, and she eventually says, like, Jesus, I don't want to be on your task force, okay? Yeah. Like, Jesus, get me off of it, okay? <laughs> um, And he's like, why? And she's like, because I'm the last person in the world that should be on it. What kind of stupid-ass cop would be engaged to a serial killer? He's like, that's why I chose you, Deborah. You survived. You're, it, it takes an insane amount of strength for you to just like come back and be here. And if you can accept that you went through that and accept and use that strength, to, you can catch someone even worse than the ice truck killer. You got to stop running from it. You, you have to just sort of confront it and then use what happened to you to catch the Bay Harbor Butcher. Then he tells her, awesome. like, this yeah, is a great, great Lundy moment. Great speech. Yes. This is this is the moment you see, like, why Lundy is good at what he does. Yeah, because the, the first couple of us like scenes with him, it's like, I like food. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, show me your dick. It's this. You can see, like, he read her file. He probably met her once and he knew exactly what the problem with her was. So yeah. it was impressive. And then he's like, yeah, if you, you know, if you still want out, you you can leave. But I want you to finish today's interviews. Then Masuka asks Dexter if he could like drop off. I think it was dental x-rays or something at the mm-hmm. morgue. He's pretty slammed with all the paperwork and stuff from yes. the Bay Harbor butcher bodies. But butcher bodies. Yeah. Butcher bodies. Butcher bodies. Yeah. Butcher- <laughs> Masuka slammed with the butcher bodies. Um, butcher body. He's got uh, too much work and it's messing up his social life, he says. Yes. That time. Yeah. 
So he needs Dexter to... I don't know if he, need, he wants him on the task force with him. Is Masuka on the task force? I don't know. He's just yeah. like the lead. He's an LFI. Lead forensics investigator. You would, um, you would think there'd be like more than one on like this big of a case, but that's yeah, nah. No nope. need to worry about it. Just need one. <laughs> so Captain Crunch approaches Laguerta and pulls her aside. Um, this is a this is a oh, a lot of layers face. in the scene. What punch him in the face? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he pulls Laguerta aside and asks if he should be worried about Pascal because he hears that she's been sort of AWOL on personal matters. Um, and he's heard rumors about erratic behavior. And he's like, you know what? You would be her biggest critic because you've done the job. I want you to like tell me the truth. Is this a problem? And then LaGuerta with an awesome line says erratic is code for non-male. Yeah. I won't dignify rumors. Pascal is fine. Crazy like exchange, but like really powerful, I thought. I, I love that for Maria. Yeah. And I'm I just wish that this is where they stuck her in this story and left it. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I think this plays so well as her just genuinely being a good person and playing by the rules and, you know, recognizing that there's somebody that's struggling with their relationship and also sticking it to, to captain crunch here and saying like, listen, dude, you're the one that fired me. Like you fired me because of your ego because we got the wrong guy, you pinned it on me, and now you're coming to me, what, two months later, and asking me if the person you found as my replacement is not cutting it? Like, go fuck yourself. Like, forget about the men-women thing. Like, that, I mean, yes, that, that, that was a, a cool point that she made, mm -hmm. but I think even more so, it was like, it was just more, like, why would you come to me, man? You're, yeah. the, one who, you're the one who put her in charge. And yeah. And I mean, that's a whole separate conversation, though, about Maria and what happens eventually. Mm -hmm. But I think it just plays so well if they just leave it at this. OK, I'm not sure that I 100 percent agree with you, but I. I totally hear your point. LaGuerta, I think it's I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but I think that it's more true to her character. What actually happens? Yeah. I know. I just, I just don't like that it does. I know. Yeah. She started on the bottom and then got, you know, more likable and more likable, more likable, and then, like this episode made her. I mean, you kind of have to think there's an ulterior motive going on because, like, why would she be so nice to Esme? Why would she have her back? Yeah. She was the one who replaced her. Um, I just wish they had like made it work for her character instead well, of what they end up doing. The other the other question that I have for this once we get to that moment yeah. in the season is how much of this was was a plan at the beginning and then it turned into regret, but she was too deep in the plan, yeah. you know, because a lot of this exchange here, especially what she says to Matthews, it does come across yeah. as very genuine and she is either incredible at playing the long game or maybe yeah. she does have this soft spot for Pascal and she's genuinely trying to help her. Yeah. That that's what I was like. That's the side of her that I was enjoying more was that right. she's becoming a more likable character, but yeah. Well, we let's... have so many characters that are like anti-hero ish and mm -hmm. they have the two sides. Like 
I don't see why they all have to be like the gray area characters. I, right. But that, so I think that goes with the theme of this episode, right? And that it's entitled an inconvenient lie. And if this started out as yeah, yeah. a strategy and turned into something else, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it fits. So Dexter leaves and he is, I guess, is he planning to go kill Roger tonight? Right. That's his that's his plan. He walks outside and Dokes is there and he's like waiting for him. He says, uh, you can't take off pizza and can't take off on pizza night. And Dexter is like, I asked you to get me a motherfucking pepperoni, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, he might as well at this point, if he knows at he's this following point, just him. Invo- yeah. invite him in to pizza night. He's yeah. Like, you want to just come in like yeah. instead of sitting in your car. Like, it is pizza. It's a very shareable food. Yeah, we we all like pizza, so just come in and eat pizza with the family. Oh, um, thanks, motherfucker. <laughs> I know you're onto something. I know you're doing something, but I appreciate the pizza invite. <laughs> pizza Dexter, party, motherfucker. So Dexter kind of walks past him and ignores the comment, kind of, and says, because um, he's got to go to the morgue to drop off those dental x-rays for Masuka. And then Dokes says a comment like, I don't know what Rita sees in you. That gets Dexter's attention. That like forces him to sort of stop, confront Dokes. He says like, I, what do you think you know? Like, what do you yeah. know? I don't get it. And Dokes is like, I know you're connected to the ice truck killer. I know you studied martial arts in college. I know you're a good liar. I think Dexter says something like not good enough or whatever and like walks away. Bro. It's kind of ironic that like, everything is in that tent <laughs> like like right there <laughs> it's like actually no if you just look right there that's what i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, that's literally true. right here i'm sure th- i'm sure they did that on purpose in this moment i <laughs> oh, think yeah. that's yeah. kind of a cool <laughs> transition so dexter so, Len- walks into the tent he's again just sort of basking in what the visual of this tent is and he's going to drop off the the document shit to, in there. And <laughs> meanwhile, Lundy is just, just kind of hanging out. <laughs> There's a lot of people just standing in places. Like Dokes was just in front of that plant. And Lundy's just like sitting there in front of the bodies. And He's just, yeah, he's yeah. just like perched. And he's like, he's I perched. think he's got some tea. And he, he, may have, <laughs> he may have some food. And he's just perched. Extra. Dexter introduces himself and Lundy's like, I know who you are. We and play donut dongs with some of the bodies. Nope. <laughs> so Dexter says Dexter, to him, for a game of donut dongs. <laughs> yeah, let me let me just put this folder down and then we can line up. And uh, yeah, we can aim for the aim for the boners. <laughs> Dexter's trying to, I guess, keep things light here and says, you hoping they'll talk to you? I guess about the bodies. What actually happens is one of the bodies sits up. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> one of the bodies sits up. Lundy clocks this and recognizes the body. I think that this may have been from the deleted scenes, but the body sits up, right? And Lundy's like, hi, Jamie. And the body's like, hi, Lundy. Why the murder? What did you do? I just stole copper pipes, but I also had rapey websites. <laughs> And then another body sits up. Oh, no. And Lundy's like, 
Hi, Nurse Batshit. Hi, Lundy. What did you do? Mr. Tinker took away all their pain. And I also gave lots of morphine. Did we really get killed? And they all set up. Did he tie up our bags? Did he cut up our limbs? And were we all bad? Hi, Matt Chambers. Hi, Lundy. What the hell, man? Why were you killed? I just drove really drunk. And maybe I ran down a kid. Hi, Jorge. Hi, Lundy. You sell car parts. Why did you die? I just sold immigrants. And I drowned a few on my new boat. Do we all have a face? Did we all go to jail? Did he slice up our cheeks? Oh, wait, when did he fail? I have the power of the apocalypse. <laughs> Two more bodies wow. sit up. Oh, no. I horse cock. <laughs> I love thee. You're a monster. Why the chickens? I just killed everyone. And my next kid would probably pee. Hi, Rudy. <laughs> Hi, Blondie. You like ice trucks, you draw on butts, and I kill <laughs> prostitutes. And I also play sick air guitar. Hello, Mr. Lundy. This is Dr. Meridian. Can I talk to you about your past? Hi, Lundy. It's me, Emmett. I ordered Chinese. You can't eat it right now. We're all daddy. We're all daddy. We're all dead. <laughs> dead. Wow. So you missed that. That happened. I didn't think I was going to get one until the finale. No, well, <laughs> I needed to give you a musical number with all of the victims yeah. here. Oh, man. As soon as, as, soon as he said, are you... You hoping they'll talk to you? This is this immediately that's what, just that's what gave you the idea. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go down the avenue of like how Lundy was one of the bodies in the first season. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. When you said one of them sits up, yeah, I was like, I was thinking that like, oh shit! Like, is that me from season one? That's Joe, yeah, Joe Driscoll. Joe Driscoll. Yeah, you're right, but he's he's dusty at the bowling alley right now it's just yeah. dust at the bowling alley <laughs> just the bowling alley yep <laughs> i don't know how i don't know how to go, get back okay no so lundy uh you know says to dexter like and he says you gotta you just gotta ask the right question like why were these victims chosen they start talking about like killers and mm -hmm. um he says something along the lines of like you know, the worst killers in history believed that their murders were just. This guy, this killer, the Bay Harbor Butcher, probably had some twisted set of principles. And he believed that, you know, he was doing something good. And the fact that he's able to sort of like conclude that from just looking at some dead bodies is, is pretty scary for Dexter. Yeah. And Dexter kind of plays along and he's like, yeah, but but there's no justification for murder, right? Like, there, there is no ex good explanation. And Lundy says to him, well, there is one to save an innocent life. Right. And that is, is what Dexter decides, needs. Yeah. yeah. That's what he then needs he to hear. Right. I mean, hey. Great interaction. This... Great interaction. Just yeah. like another solid, solid scene. 
Yeah. The one with Dokes was good. This one was good. And it kind of like a light goes off that he's uh he's gotta he's gotta protect the innocent. That yeah, you know. And hey, if the if the FBI agent tells him that <laughs> this is a yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so go do one. <laughs> yeah, just just go go kill someone and then have some food. Go do one. I like food. This was just so cool because he when he says the twisted set of principles and you're like, oh shit, that's the code. And yeah. Yeah. He's just starting to unlock his thing. And great. Yeah. Really great. Yeah, and he has, yeah. he hasn't even begun to scratch the surface on like who the victims are yet either. And he's this no. good. So Dexter has this newfound motivation and goes to visit Roger at the dealership. And I'm mm-hmm. assuming that Roger's had a long ass day because he slashes dokes is tired too. Oh, yeah, he does. He can't be be followed. Yes, yes. And yeah, so I assume that Rogers had a long day because he tries to like kind of lie a lot. Um, And Dexter catches him like 200 times. And uh, (laughs) eventually he's like, how about this? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, (laughs) just just let me go home. Something along the lines of like, uh, I got to get home to the wife. And Dexter's like, you're not married. Nope. Yeah, step wife. Or like we're nope. divorced. Yeah. Nope. Um no, but I we got kids. Nope. No. But uh, stepkids. Nope. No. Uh and Here's he's like, huh? I'm gonna strangle yeah. you. <laughs> okay, so let me just strangle you real quick. I'm just strangle you then. And then he like puts him in the trunk and says, You were right about the ample cargo space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is great. So Roger wakes up on the kill table. You see his wig on a mannequin head, which is incredible. Incredible. And I found it interesting, too, that Dexter brought Roger to that woman. Anne Cohen, I guess, is one of Roger's victims. So he brought Roger to her house. And that's where this kill is happening. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Mm -hmm. So Roger, I I love this exchange that the two of them have. I think this dialogue is awesome. Basically, Roger says, you got the wrong guy. So he's starting off and he's lying right off the bat. Dexter kind of catches him in that. And then Roger starts like desperately offering like free cars on the lot and says like, yeah, yeah no, I, I could get you. I could get you whatever you want. I've been the manager here for forever. And Dexter's like, yeah, you've you, you've only been working here for three months. And he's like, yeah, at this location but i've been somewhere else <laughs> for a other time and dexter just stops to like laugh because oh, i love it yeah it's awesome like the fact that roger like just with no regret does not give yeah. a shit just hops from one lie to another you hear it in dexter's voice that there's almost some envy there like how, how are do you, you do it how do you do this and not give a fuck well that's the um, answer is like is like to not give a shit right Roger's like, I, I do care. But let me so hang on. Go so ahead. if Dexter if Dexter stabs him right there, how what 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 goes differently, right? Because this conversation is really important for what Dexter decides to do. So if he if he just ends him right there, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going back to that meeting or ever reconciling with Rita. Because he's like in the mindset of like the only way to do this is to just not fucking care. And to just lie, 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 and mm-hmm. and just go through life and yeah. not give a shit about anybody. And and so this upcoming dialogue with Roger is actually really good. Yes. And, and he's and he convinces him that like, yeah, you do care. You have this girlfriend, mm-hmm. you have the kids, and 
like you're lying you're you're lying yourself more than anybody yes about about not caring yeah it really is awesome and it's it's enlightening for dexter to hear it from someone else the fact that roger was able to kind of see it in dexter's face like that when dexter was looking at the minivan he could picture rita and the kids like sitting in that car and then dexter comes out and says like you know she was only a she started off as only a companion and Roger's like, yeah, they they worm their way in and you are lying to yourself if you think that you don't care because you do. And then I think it comes out. Dexter says something like we're having problems right now. Right. Yeah. Like they have a fight, him and Rita. And then Roger's like, oh, so that's why you're mad is like this fight that you had with your girlfriend. You know what? You don't need her. He says this line. <laughs> It's the first time we hear the word in this series, but not the last time we hear the word. He really? says, I thought, I thought we've heard it before, but I don't think so. Maybe it's not. not a very nice word. No, <laughs> you're better off without that. See you next Tuesday. And um, well, he needed a reason to like end the kill. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, OK, all right, I stab. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it it's the stab because. It's a stab out of anger because of how Roger is talking about and insulting Rita. Yeah. And I think that's important yeah. too. Cause he like, says, Don't yeah, my girlfriend. <laughs> Don't <laughs> talk about my girlfriend. Now you're bleeding everywhere. Yeah. You're bleeding. Did he do the cheek? I, I, I don't the cheek. remember if he did the cheek. I don't right. think I saw it, but it's possible he we did it off, off camera. He did the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wait, wait, come back to life. I need your cheek. <laughs> yeah. Smile. Thank you. Reanimate. <laughs> so after Roger's death and he he packs him up, I don't I don't think we see what he does with the body, right? We don't see that here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's gone. Body's gone. He's found the he's found the the jet stream with little Chino that goes north. <laughs> yeah. And now Roger and little Chino can swim to North Carolina just, together. Yeah, just Dexter returns back to the NA meeting and introduces himself as Dexter, mm -hmm. which is big. He mentions he he's speaking again in front of the group and mentions the dark passenger. This is the monologue that's like, holy shit, Michael C. Hall is so good. Yeah, yeah. And so he's talking about like basically just basically just spills everything. Spills it all. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the dark passenger mentions that talking about how he doesn't love himself or is that a lie that the dark passenger tells me that I don't love myself. And Does he also mentions. Yeah, he mentions yeah. also that like lately he's feeling moments where he has genuine connections with people mm -hmm. um, and that like the mask that he's worn his whole life is slowly starting to like slip off and yeah. all of this shit actually genuinely matters and that scares him. Which is really, it's just a really powerful awesome. moment. And then Lila is the first person in the room to start clapping. Right. And then so does everyone else. Right. And she says, hello, Dexter. Hello, Dexter. Hello, Dexter. And hello, Dexter. Hello, Gavin. <laughs> she like, she like more Cockney, like British or like proper. Like, oh, blimey, blimey, time. That's Australian, really. blimey, isn't it? No. Oh, blimey. Yeah, like really the grungy, cocky, cockney accent from I Britain. think she's a little grungy. 
I think she's a little grungy accent. But she's also got that proper British voice, too. She could be proper sometimes, but she's also a little bit grungy. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at, like, switching between the two. Thank you. You know, I yeah. when I teach American history, I have to perfect the British accent because it's it's just a big part of America's history. So I, I teach is. in a British accent, like, probably 40% of the time. So Oh, nice. Yeah. So anyway, um, Lila is going to lead the Serenity prayer. So they get Serenity up and now. Serenity, Serenity now. Um, wow, like seventeen Seinfeld references. And stuff. I know. <laughs> so they all, everyone at the meeting stands up and forms a circle, and they hold hands. Dexter like looks to the door of this meeting area, and who's there? Sergeant James Dokes has found Dexter. And dis- yeah, discovers Dexter's secret, right? And the most, the most convenient lie possible. The most convenient lie. <laughs> so Dokes says, like, a lot of cops have been where you are. We see this, like, softer side of Dokes talking to Dex. It's, yep. it's so new and it's so weird. And he turns to him and says, stay clean, stay out of my way, and we won't have a problem. Um, yeah. And just like that, the Dokes problem is seemingly for now, <laughs> for now <laughs> not a problem anymore. So yeah, very I love that immediately immediately after that Dexter starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> it just fits so perfectly. <laughs> it does. It does. It is perfect like, timing. Yay, Dokes yeah. is going to leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, it, it works out. The timing works out that everyone else is clapping in that moment, but yeah. it would have been weird if he was clapping and they were still silently <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> They'd be like, shh, like, stop. Not time to clap yet. We're, We're still, still singing Kumbaya. <laughs> Lila is still singing Kumbaya. <laughs> We're going to cut back to the station where it's nearing the end of the episode, nearing the end of the evening here. Deborah is interviewing probably the last guy of the night is my guess. The guy is like. Um, she says something like, don't worry, like, we'll find your dad. And we'll we'll try to find your dad. We'll bring him home. And the guy's like, no, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't want you to find my dad. My dad made my life, like, our whole family's lives living hell. You know, he was, he was, like, always in jail. He was always bad. And so he leaves. And that's when Deborah notices the pattern for the first time. And she catches up with Lundy. And she's like, uh, there's two of them. He's like, to what? Like, people, missing people with prison records. Uh, So, who typically has prison records? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, bad guys? He's like, bad guys. I like food. Yeah. You got yeah. It. yeah. 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 So, the, pa- <laughs> nice the pattern nice here. Job. What? Nice job, Deborah. Nice job. Now, spread some peanut butter on this bread. So the pattern here is that these oh, that sushi. <laughs> let's get some quick sushi, okay? Do you like sashimi? I like food. Good sushi takes time. <laughs> you got to make your what? No. Um, <laughs> I tried. It didn't work. So that's that's a, that's a big pattern. Bad guys are the victims. Bad yeah. guys are the ones in the hefty bags. At least two of them right now. Have prison records, uh, so it's a little weird that it took them. It took them all day to find two, but okay. 
Yeah, but there are a lot of missing people in Miami, so they all have. Well, maybe not criminal records because then some of them like were on Dexter's radar, but not the cops' radar. So, right, like some of them he finds on his own. Um, so that they since they're not going to go home now since there's a pattern, so they're going to stay in the station and they're going to run it against the criminal database and see what they can find. Finally, Dexter returns back to Rita's house, knocks on the door, and he is feeling great about the program now yeah tells her it's good i'm I'm always so in my head and like thank you for this and i'm gonna keep going and they reconcile they hug and kiss She's like, oh dexter thank you so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she the next morning or the next day rita in the minivan drives dexter and uh, drops him off at the NA meeting, and she's going to, like, pick him up afterwards. Dexter's like, oh, there's my sponsor, and points to some uh, overweight fellow who is blocking <laughs> blocking the view of Lila. Rita's like, oh, that fat guy? And he's like, he's, he's like, no. Oh, cool, that fat shit over there? <laughs> that fat smelly shit. He's like, no, behind the fat smelly shit. Behind the fat smelly shit. Look around the fat smelly shit. (laughs) She's hiding behind one of the pillars of earth. Yeah, it's a pillar of human. It's a fat pillar of human. Fat moves to the side. And (laughs) you you see this uh, temptress Lila. Seductress. Seductress. I don't know if that's a word. Seductress. Uh, It's not a word. It should be. I like it. Yeah, me too. The camera zooms in on Rita and she's immediately like jealous and panicked. And yeah, way to go. Uh, yeah, you picked the hottest <laughs> possible sponsor you could. <laughs> yeah. And then Rita's uh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have to go to the meetings anymore, Dexter. It's cool. Yeah, no, no, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Get back in the car. I changed my mind. We're good. Let's just do this cold turkey. We got it. Yep. Yep. We got this. <laughs> And that's how the episode ends, setting us up for some sort of triangle, maybe. Maybe I a little love triangle. Know. I honestly couldn't tell you. Maybe I a British. Like two more things that happened in season two. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about either of them. Don't talk about them. Anyway. Major plot points. I'm not going to, but yeah. I can't remember anything that happens in the next episode at all. I don't even know what the next episode is called. We got some numbers. We've got some numbers. We've got a Dexter kill here. Mm -hmm. So here's the song. Dexter murders people. Then we talk. We talk about how creative it was. That's happening now. Yeah. All right. What did you think of the Roger Hicks murder here? How did you rank this? I went kind of like a both ends of the spectrum here okay um but he's gonna get a good score he's for me he's going he's getting eights on both banter and magnitude Mm, and three for creativity oh wow okay i just wrapped a rope around him and stabbed him with a knife so okay so what's that total that is a 19 out of 30 okay Wow. All right. I went a little higher on Roger Hicks here. I really enjoyed it. I gave I the banter higher on the banter. Yeah. I gave the banter a nine just because it was so essential to what really the rest of this plot of season two. 
the magnitude I gave a seven to. Um, mm -hmm. The kill itself wasn't necessarily that huge, but it's, I don't know, I guess it's what Dexter took from the kill that right. had a high magnitude. Um, the creativity yeah. I gave a six to only because of that wig. Yeah. Like the like the toupee <laughs> on the on the mannequin head. I thought that See, was I took brilliant. Points away from creativity for that. <laughs> what? I thought it was so creative. When when did he have time to go find a ma a mannequin head? Well, but, well, he didn't kill his own hair. Why is he displaying that for him? <laughs> no, he's just sort of holding it for him. <laughs> it's like if he, if thought... Roger was wearing a hat, he would take the hat off and put it on a coat rack or a hat rack, right? Sure. Same thing. You're going to take the toupee off and put it <laughs> on a toupee hat head rack. <laughs> it's Mannequin just head. courtesy. It's just being courteous. I thought like creativity was like, what does the kill room have to do with what they've done in the past? And like, that's where I put the creative points and like displaying his hair piece for him has nothing to do with what he's done. <laughs> but the hair piece represents deception, right? And oh, he, yeah. okay. he used deception to worm his way into these uh, women's lives. I don't know. I'm sticking with my score, but that, okay. that's a really good argument. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. I really thought a lot about hair pieces. So I gave it a 22 out of 30, which makes this nice. a 20.5 out of 30, which puts him in second place. Wow. Yep. Just above horsecock. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Th this banter might have been the, the best. Yes. Like, not counting Rudy. Yeah, it's agreed. Like, like it. there's very few of them where Dexter starts to kill with one mindset and has a completely different one at the end. And and yeah, of all of them, maybe like the, the shrink from the first one too had some yeah. good stuff. Yep. But this was this was like the moment of self-realization that he goes through yep. just by talking to this guy. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting because for Dr. Meridian, we we both ranked the banter really low, which I'm not sure why. Well, I, don't th I don't think they talked. I don't think they talked very long. Like during the actual kill, I think it was. Oh, OK. OK. I think most of their like banter was like him in therapy, which doesn't really. Count. Got it. OK, that's why. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we got this a 20 point similar kill to that because it was. Yeah. Like the victim is connected to what Dexter's going through, and that—that's when the show's really at its best. Yes, when he yeah. finds some sort of revelation, and you got a dirty Debs quote. It was hard to find in this one. I—I I don't. I can't remember her even swearing. I don't be on your fucking task force. That's I, don't what, know. I said Jesus. <laughs> I just don't want to be on your task force. I don't think she curses, but we might want to change it to like dirty Masuka quotes. <laughs> it might be easier. <laughs> But I honestly, I remember, though, that the longer the show goes on, the dirtier she gets. OK, the That's more great. confidence she gains as a person, the more she starts to talk about disgusting shit. OK, that's fair. We could do like a, a like Deb slash Masuka, but or Masuka. Yeah. Or just Masuka. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got one every episode for sure. He does. He really does. He's like the boss's watermelons look better in person than they do on TV. Like, what, yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he says, "Who's your daddy?" Like, there's a lot of shit. Let's update our scoreboards now. I've got a lot of options for MVPs. 
I didn't narrow it to just two yet because I want to hear who you have. And I sort of struggled with LVPs in this one, but what do you want to start with? Um, I guess I can like make my case for MVP and Okay. see if I could sway you in one direction, but, Okay. um, I have one go that's for it. solid that that but the other the second Okay. one I don't know. The, is the one that's solid Dexter? No. Oh, okay. Okay. The the one that's solid is Deborah. Oh, Who we found are the not found on the, the victim connection. Yeah. we're not on the same wavelength at all. Okay. She's your LVP? No, she's Oh, just not okay. on it. Okay. No. All right. Well, Dexter I have because of, ah, it's just the acting. I know it's Oh, like, yeah. we're supposed to go based on character stuff, but the, the range that Michael C. Hall shows in this one is just unreal. Like Yeah. some of the best acting I've seen the way he's kind of guided towards his decisions and through Rita, through Dokes, through Lundy, through Roger. And they like all of these interactions he has plays a role with his ultimate kind of outcome of like, I, I want to continue to go to these meetings and kind of let the mask slip a little and let these people in on, you know, who I am and what my life is about because I can do it in a way that doesn't, tie me to being a serial killer because they still think I'm just a drug addict but I cannot kind of be open and honest there and just not mention what it, it actually is I'm addicted to Yeah. so like the way he's guided by all these interactions he has and like the the way his his lies make dokes not a thing anymore and, <laughs> and how he claps for himself and I don't know just everything about Michael C. Hall and Dexter himself as a character just just fucking awesome in this episode Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so i have to give him a point Okay. Who's your second? uh i gave it to lundy um He was one of my options. Yeah. I, it for me it was either lundy or lila i think both of these new characters really sh really um had some great monologue kind of moments where they you know the lila for dexter and lundy for deb where they kind of you know uh, analyze them and point them in the direction that they need to go and kind of get them out of the season one mindset. He sums up like everything Deborah has gone through and tells her like, yeah, you are valuable. You are important just because what happened to you, you can use that to your advantage to help us get someone even worse. I thought that was such a great, powerful moment. Something Deborah really needed for her character. Yes. And so, yeah, um, Okay. all donut, donut dong tossing aside, he's getting an MVP point. Okay. I would I would say that donut dong tossing helps his case. But Ly but Lila, like honorable mention. Yeah, for sure. Honor honorable mention. Yep. And I don't Agreed. think she's gonna get many opportunities to get MVPs. She's she's not. I'm gonna I think I share your your sentiment about Lundy, so I'm gonna give it to Deborah and Lundy. Um, the only reason I give it to Deborah is because I I tend to give out MVPs to characters who have shown some sort of growth or development, and I feel like this episode was really important for her, where she started off like basically in tears trying to interview someone um, and not feeling it, and then at the end, kind of feels that satisfaction of like, hey, I I'm the one that did this. I found this connection. I am capable and I'm I'm sort of, you know, using the experiences that I went through to guide this task force and to by the end, I'm assuming she's going to stay on board because of, you know, what she discovered about herself 
and what Lundy like helped her um, to find. So because I love their interaction so much, I'm going to give it to Deb and Lundy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, mentioned for for Maria. Yes. Mentioned for Lila. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and, like Rita, Rita's acting was great. I mean, yeah, everyone, sure. everyone except Angel was really good in this episode. <laughs> My LVPs are Angel and Pascal, and it's never been easier. <laughs> I thought you said that you had a hard time with LVPs. <laughs> I guess I only meant MVPs because this was easy. Uh, what? Who are yours? Esme is, is just pile. I I want to give her both, but <laughs> I'm gonna throw one to Captain Crunch just for being the oh, okay. asshole that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That fired Maria for his own ego, brought her in, and then two months later was like, wait, is she actually like not that good, Maria? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> should we put you back in charge? Uh, like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Just go fuck yourself. So our updated scoreboard looks like this. We've got oh wow. All right. In first place, uh two people are tied with two points. And that is uh, LaGreta and Deborah, all tied in second place with one point. We've got <laughs> new Cody, Horsecock, Rita, and Spanish Grandma. <laughs> Our ones are going to be the the odd category for this season. Yep. <laughs> last yes, they are. Last season it was negative ones. <laughs> <laughs> now you just have to show up and do something good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty Last much. Season, you just had to show up and fuck up once. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dexter has zero points right now, so all the negatives he got earlier have been yeah. covered. That's, so that's that, good. That feels right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, negative one. We've got a four-way tie. Oh wait, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. We've got a three-way tie, and I missed. Lundy is also has one point as well. He was at negative one, but his two positives this time. Oh, okay. Push him into the positive one. MVPs take time. MVPs take time. I like food. Um, <laughs> we got a three-way tie uh, with negative one. We've got Captain Crunch, Angel, and Deborah Goons. <laughs> and then in last place with negative five points, we've got Esme oh. Pascal. Oh. Yeah. So unless someone like completely just like I know like one person that has a has a chance, but yeah, that's true. That's true. There's one person that has a shot to catch up with her, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. As far as the MVPs, it's pretty much anyone's game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've got Laguerta, Deborah at, at the top right now, but it's yep. it's up it's up for grabs for now for sure. Yep. Um, even new Cody with one point has a chance. <laughs> you know. Uh, well. Maybe. And Spanish grandma has a shot. <laughs> she makes she makes a comeback. You never know. I don't think she does. She Maybe does she not. Does. I don't I don't believe she does. Um, all right, let's rank this bad boy. So for me, I it it's not at the level of a of a finale, and it didn't have the excitement of like a penultimate episode, but I still really enjoyed it. So I gave it an eight. Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's easy enough. Yeah, really set up the whole the whole season for us here. The relationship, the new relationship with Lila, the relationship uh between Deb and Lundy, um everything going on with LaGuerta and Pascal. Angel's still on his own planet. 
but everything angel, else is relationship set up with really angel well. and the universe yeah <laughs> yeah yeah angel's relationship with mother nature mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yes this uh this i think that this the season has taken a turn for the for the better now we are a little bit more focused on what we need to be focused on and hopefully that continues into the next episode do you happen to have like the ratings from season one i do or... i do what, what do we give Lo love american style and father knows best love american style uh you gave a 7.5 i gave a 6.5 so it was a seven on average uh -huh. um what was the other one father knows best father knows best yeah you gave it a seven i gave it a 6.5 so it was 6.75 okay. okay okay and then this one was an eight i'm just seeing if the writing has any kind of like pattern i'm looking for a pattern yeah, yeah. oh you are yeah you uh -huh. are looking for a pattern <laughs> Well, I think it's cool to when you dissect the show to look look for yeah. kind of stuff and yeah yeah for sure. For I thought sure. this was the best writing we've seen, maybe the best acting we've seen. Yes. Um, for a well, I mean, the excitement level, yeah, like there wasn't a lot of excitement, but I'll take these like killer acting scenes mm -hmm. over like Dexter running down the street with a trank gun trying to chase little Chino in sewers and chickens, like yeah, chickens, yeah. <laughs> Like if it's gonna be action, at least make it make sense and you know right. be effective. But I am the one with the power in your hands. <laughs> they set the bar pretty low to start <laughs> the season, so <laughs> like, we can only do better than this. <laughs> they probably did it on purpose, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I am the one with the power in my hands. Oh yes, I'll make you take your metamucil. <laughs> yeah, that's my donut on my boner. <laughs> perfect that is a perfect way to wrap up yeah, season two episode three yep it is yep we've got uh ding dong boners going on that's the theme of this episode next week tune in again for season two episode four which josh will give us the name of it's called see-through it's called see-through oh see-through yeah I, I wonder These if titles have been like this was a great one. Yes. This was this was perfect. Yeah. This was perfect. And yeah, I we think need to exhale not so much and it's I think alive, not so much. Not enough tape was probably not as good. <laughs> <laughs> waiting waiting to exhale was waiting for the credits. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Please be over. Please be over. Please be over. <laughs> so that's but yeah, we're that. gonna see we're gonna see uh we're gonna see what happens with Lila and Rita and the jealousy and Mm -hmm. Deborah working the case and yeah, we got it. the the chess pieces are moving and we're set up well for season two. Yeah, and I love the like uh, the, the walls just closing in super slowly in slow motion, but yeah, around Dexter and I this that's I think the driving force of season two is like even though other things are happening in every episode, you still feel that. Like the walls are, even if it's like subconscious, that they're starting to close in. Mm -hmm. And it's it's yeah. awesome. It's so cool to watch. Very, very um, good. Very good yeah. So if you like what you hear, if you like us talking about uh, boner rings, then, you know, <laughs> uh, this is the only time we do it. So don't listen to the other episodes. But um, you can find us on Spotify, Bay Harbor, Brother, Bay Harbor Brothers, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. We also have an Instagram, 
bayharborbros, and you can email us at bayharborbros at gmail.com. Cool. So great episode, everyone. Uh, to you know, to all of our our musical guests, thank you so much for oh, taking yeah. the time. Um, and so come back from the come back from the dead and reanimate and give us that amazing performance. It was great. It was great. Um, so until next time, if you're caught in a bad cycle of reactions and you need some. <laughs> sold yeah i changed this halfway through the episode if you're caught in a bad cycle of reactions and you need to toss a ring on your dick you can always be our dark passenger along for the ride we'll see you next time everyone thanks so much for listening bye bye bye